0: This is Autoline Daily, the show dedicated to enthusiasts of the global automotive industry. Yesterday, we reported that FCA planned to reopen its plants in the U.S. next week. But now it's reconsidering that. The Wall Street Journal reports that GM and Ford will reopen their U.S. plants on May 18th, and FCA will probably go along with that. The UAW is opposed to opening plants too early, and the state of Michigan where the Detroit Three have their headquarters and many plants, still has a stay-at-home order until May 15. Even so, the UAW told local union leaders to start talking with local management to explore ways to safely resume production. We hear that behind the scenes, the Detroit Three are putting enormous pressure on their suppliers to get back to work next week, so there are enough parts for assembly lines to resume production the week after that. Officially, however, the automakers say they have no date set to resume production, and they encourage everyone to stay home. Tesla was planning to reopen its plant in Fremont, California this week, but health authorities in the area put a stop to that. They're maintaining their stay-at-home orders until at least May 3, Tesla ran into problems with the same health authorities back in March when it tried to keep its plant running. Those authorities in the San Francisco Bay Area were the first in the United States to issue a stay-at-home order, and it's been credited with greatly limiting the spread of COVID-19. General Motors took early steps to slash spending and raise extra cash, but obviously that wasn't enough. Yesterday, it announced it's eliminating its dividend and will stop buying back its own stock shares. And it's extending a $3.6 billion revolving credit agreement until at least April of 2021. Automakers and suppliers are desperate to resume production and get some revenue coming in because they're burning through cash at a dangerous rate. GM announced that its CEO, Mary Barra, made $21 million last year in total compensation. Not bad. But it pales in comparison to what Elon Musk earned. In a 10-K filing, Tesla reported that Mr. Musk earned $2.2 billion as part of a CEO performance award that was applicable in 2018. But it's all paid in stock, and Elon Musk will not be fully vested in those shares until Tesla's market cap hits $650 billion. Currently, it's at $147 billion. Audi is making a big commitment to electrification. By 2025, it's aiming for electric cars and plug-in hybrids to make up 40% of its sales. And to reach that goal, Audi is scaling back on motorsport activities that use internal combustion engines. Audi announced it will not participate in the DTM Touring Car Racing Series in Germany beyond 2020. Instead, it's going to focus on Formula E, where it already participates. Part of the reason it's leaving DTM is to save money during the coronavirus pandemic, but it also wants to cultivate a greener image. And that's why it'll be more involved in Formula E and probably in similar series in the future. Hyundai is boosting its performance image with its N models, but it also knows it can boost sales with cars that have some of the bits and pieces from the N, but sell at a lower price. So it just officially revealed details of the Elantra N-Line. This is not a full-blown performance N-car, but the big news announced here is that the Elantra N-Line will get a turbocharged engine. Hyundai only previously revealed that the Elantra would have a standard 2-liter, 4-cylinder engine with 147 horsepower, and a hybrid with a 1.6-liter engine mated to a small electric motor. Also coming to the N-Line Elantra are unique design elements and chassis upgrades. Hyundai didn't show us any interior shots, and it actually did a good job of hiding those design details. We did notice a small change in the rear fascia for dual exhaust, and we would expect a different treatment around the front air curtain vents, and we'll share more details when they come along. If we have any beekeepers in the audience, you all know that the population of bees in the world is going down fast. So Rolls-Royce is doing its part to help honeybees. It installed six beehives at its factory in Goodwood in 2017, and it's ramping that up. And here's an interesting side fact. Five of the six hives are named after Rolls-Royce cars, while the other is named after its logo, the Spirit of Ecstasy. A total of about 250,000 bees make honey, which is served to guests and customers of Rolls-Royce. Makes sense. Honey, like Rolls-Royce customers, is rather rich. We've been enjoying showing you some of those lesser-known historic models from Skoda, and here's one you may actually remember. In 1995, the automaker introduced a version of its small pickup called the Felicia Fun. It was powered by a range of gasoline and diesel engines, but the real highlight of the truck, other than its bright yellow paintwork, was that the rear wall of the cabin could fold and slide towards the rear, revealing two more seats. A little more than 4,000 Felicia funds were made between 1995 and 2000, and SCOTA says they've actually become sought-after collectibles. AutoLine Daily is brought to you by Bridgestone Tires. Your journey, our passion. The Carrera series of the Porsche 911 is getting a few extra features. A 7-speed manual transmission is now offered in place of the standard 8-speed automatic. It's only available with the Sport Chrono package, which includes things like torque vectoring, tire temperature monitor, dynamic engine mounts, sport mode, and a track app. There's no extra charge for the manual, but Porsche has not announced what the price of the package is. Another new feature is what they call InnoDrive, which improves the adaptive cruise control. Navigation data is used to calculate the proper speed to travel looking ahead by three kilometers, or nearly two miles. And lastly, SmartLift will raise the front of the vehicle about 40 millimeters whenever it might scrape the ground. Data is input into the GPS, and the vehicle will automatically raise when it comes to those spots again. IHS Market did a survey of automakers and suppliers, and they found no surprise that R&D budgets are going to get slashed. That makes us wonder, what's going to happen to the vehicles that are already under development? Matteo Fini, the Executive Director of Supply and Technology at IHS Market, explains it all depends on the stage the vehicle is in, in the development process?
1: You think of it this way. Um, you have a big phase that starts uh, from minus 60, 60 months from uh, from when the vehicle is actually launched, from job one, let's say. Um, and so minus 60 months to minus 24 is essentially when uh, the whole development of that vehicle happens. No? So when they are going to um, first define... Uh, uh, you know, which sort of vehicle they want to develop at a high level, you know, styling, initial styling, then moving on to define um, that vehicle more from a technical and engineering standpoint, up to minus 24 months, of course, OEM is different, but minus four, 24 months is when they uh, freeze the design. You know? um, now, if a vehicle is in that phase from minus 60 to minus 24, uh, it's more likely to be to to be cut right you know it's more likely that uh, if that vehicle is perhaps you know one of the uh, it's a vehicle in a passenger car segment still at the early stage or perhaps it was you know a halo vehicle that they didn't really need you know it's more likely to be cut anything that tends to be from design freeze so that from the famous minus 24 months that i was mentioning to you before to job 1 is you know more committed because that investment has been uh, um, has been put together, has been deployed, and you know there's obviously uh, in that phase from minus 24 to job one, you have uh, all of the sourcing activities, so allocating the business to suppliers, making sure that the manufacturing capacity is there, um, the, the the tooling is there. So again, you know it's it's quite. Um, uh, there's been already a certain level of capital deployment, and it's much more difficult to pull out of that.
0: Matteo also discusses how electric cars might be delayed and maybe even some of the regulations that mandate those cars. And of course, you can watch that entire interview right now on our YouTube channel. And with that, we wrap up today's report. Thank you for watching Autoline Daily.